Welcome to Zombie Beach. Casting from our subterranean studios in post-apocalyptic USA, this is the Zombie Beach Podcast. As promised in the previous episode, we're taking a retrospective look at the classic 1975 science fiction movie, A Boy and His Dog. I'm your humble announcer and man behind the curtain pulling the levers and pulling his hair out, Jerry Davis. Joining me as always are my good friends, Pat Seiler and our fearless leader, Dan Ledbetter. But also, we're excited to again have our special guest, and I'll pass this over to Dan to give him a proper introduction. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's good to be... uh, uh, Actually, I'm very excited about this movie, just because I think it's been long overdue (laughs) that we talked about it. And uh, oh, let me introduce our, our oh, special to introduce guest. guest. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> yeah, you just you just sit there and be quiet. We'll get we'll get to you in a minute. Uh, let please welcome our good friend uh, and uh, multilingual uh, apocalyptic dealer, Mike McShane. Hello, everybody. I have treats for everyone. Just come up inside of my ice cream van, hidden in my <laughs> pants. <laughs> Perhaps yes. a bomb pop or an yeah. oh no cookie sandwich. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Part of the No Parents Puppet Show series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There's hot dogs and barbiturates outside for the adults. Exactly. Come inside, kids. <laughs> well, I'm super excited about talking about this movie. One it, for two reasons. One, never saw it in the theater. I picked it up on VHS like a million years ago, um, and uh, watched it. I watched it the first time. I thought, okay, it's kind of a cool thing. Kind of, you know, it it felt like it had all those elements of like Logan's Run and uh, all the all those post apocalyptic, you know, world scenarios and stuff. Uh, but starting right off the bat, am I the only one that uh, thought uh, Don Johnson looked like he was twelve years old throughout this whole thing? <laughs> he looked pretty darn young. He was like oh, he was he, yeah, he was a kid. He was, he was a he was a pup, if you will. No pun intended to his dog blood. But it, it I thought it was a great film. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it reminded me, and when I did a little bit of uh, of a deep dive on it, um, I did not know that this film actually uh, was part of the. Uh, how do I even put this? Like it, it was like part of the inspiration a lot of people drew from this film when they did the Mad Max series. Yeah, I um, was about to say that it it I, looked like a precursor to Mad Max. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I thought according so. to the trivia, this is the movie that inspired um, him to make Mad Max the uh, original. Well, there you go. Yeah, I thought it was great. I and, and I think it's uh, funny. Number one, that the the. 2024 is now only three years away. So, <laughs> so by the way, everybody get your tele, uh, your telepathic dogs ready because it's going to be a ride. That's all I'm going to say. I've been hitting the shelters already. Just, do you know what I'm thinking? Do you know what I'm thinking? Get him out of there. It's the 10th guy this week. All these old boomers show up and they're trying to get a telepathic dog. <laughs> 
I think oh. you can. I think you can order one off Wish. I'm not sure, but it'll be <laughs> it'll be the size of a thimble. But uh, nonetheless, it'll be it'll be a telepathic dog. So uh, impress it, your friends, scare your scare your mother. Yes, um, I, I think uh, it's it's the next uh, wave of things. It'll be like instead of Chihuahua in a teacup, it'll be Chihuahua in a thimble. So it'll be a very <laughs> small dog or Chihuahua in a shot glass. Maybe that'd be a better one. There we go, a shot Wawa. A Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's Pfizer, if it's Moderna, whichever shot you're taking with a dog, uh, it could be either one. So, but now I can I, lick myself. Thank you, Madison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So uh, as we uh, we started off slow and are definitely tapering off, well, let's. I'm going to throw it over to <laughs> to my good friend Jerry. I want to get your uh opinion start this start this cavalcade of comedy off with uh okay your opinion of i i think pat and i saw this pretty much at the same time because yeah we came on we saw this um on channel 100 yeah before there was hbo and i think i also saw it in in the movie theater at the movie theater that you you used to work at dan Oh, the one over there by uh, the Farrell's, not Farrell's ice cream, but Swenson's, I think. Yeah. Swenson's. Yeah. And, and the, uh, the fish and chips place. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I've, I gained many a pound there. <laughs> I don't remember seeing it in the theater, but I definitely remember seeing on H on, on channel 100 because it was weird back then. They would have like four movies a month and they would just play them over and over and over again. Right. 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 And I would watch it every single time it came on because tits. Well, yeah, because, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and I was, what, 15? Right. <laughs> so. So so other um, than the breasticles, what was your, uh, what was your opinion of the film? Like, what did you think? Well, well I always thought that, that Tim McIntyre, uh, the voice of the dog stole the show. Right. He, he made, he made the, the movie for me. Right. It was, it was p- absolutely perfect. And, um. Another little bit of trivia I read is they actually planned a sequel and it was going to be called A Girl and Her, Her Dog. Oh. But he, Tim McIntyre passed away and so they never made it. Mm. That would but have been I'll, a weird that would have been a weird movie because really the dog was sort of his wingman, right? I know. And it would be weird for the dog to be the girl's wing person. It could be another dog though. Yeah. Be, yeah. Oh, know. they okay. could have right. been like Paris Hilton in pokes pocket living with a little chihuahua in her purse. In her purse? Been, yeah. yeah. I think that's hilarious. And, and, and it could have been Cheech Marin, you know, doing the voice. D- oh, that would be actually very funny. <laughs> that's, thank you. That's, that's what somebody should do now. No, Danny Trejo. Is yeah, the voice the Danny Trejo is the chihuahua. They go, what do you want? Why are you bugging me? You know, Tim McIntyre was in the original pilot for All in the Family. What? Oh, really? When it was called Justice for All, when instead of being the bunkers, they were the justices. And huh. they did, yeah, they did a first pass pilot like in 67 wow. or 68. Wow. And he was he was he was Meathead, basically. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. And then they did another one called Justice for All, and with another pair of, of actors playing the, the son and son-in-law and the daughter. Then they changed everything up, recalled it, you know, all in the family with the, the bunkers. Right. But I right. saw the pilot. I watched the pilot on, on uh, I think it was Vimeo or something. It was like, the guy had an okay career, man. All these people, you know, obviously Jason Robarts had a magnificent career and Don of Johnson course. Course. went on to become 
as my friend who worked with him in San Francisco, he was known by the crew and the cast as King of the Pig People. And um, <laughs> what? Yeah, he was awful. He was one of. He was kind of awful. He, he, I think he could be awful to to crew and cast. He's oh, most, gotcha. you know, he came out of the seventies. You remember, like in this in this in this movie, he is unmistakably gorgeous. He was the boyfriend of Pamela Debar, who was a famous groupie along the line of GTO Girls Together Outrageously that hung with oh god with Zappa and all these other people. She wrote a book oh, yeah. called "I'm with the Band." Oh, interesting. Yes, yes, yeah. And so she's um, – her boyfriend then was him when he was as pretty as it gets. I mean, he was freaking gorgeous in this. And you're going like, right. oh, yeah, I could see. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me because I, I, I will <laughs> – I will my, my wife and I watched this again and she just loathes Don Johnson. Oh, does she really? <laughs> oh. Yes. And, and – um, and, and it, it, it became clear to me that, you know, I really like Don Johnson when he plays an asshole. So, you know, all the, the, the latest, um, you know, like um, uh, Django. Uh, oh, right, right, And right, right. Uh, where he's playing this, you know, basically a racist asshole. Right. Um, and so I think he does that the best. I never liked him in Miami Vice. Um, you didn't. You didn't like him in Miami Vice. No. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Those, those those white suits with the pushed up sleeves. How can you not like that? It could have been anybody <laughs> with a suit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what, yeah. Well. So. 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 She, she gave it a no. She gave it a no pass on that one. Oh, really? Uh, wow. Yeah. She, she really hated it. <laughs> Just she, like I hated. She hate couldn't. Him. She couldn't look past Don Johnson. No, but um, I, I wanted to go back to Jason Robards because um, I did some digging as well. And um, prior to this, he had just completed a two-year run on Broadway with Eugene O'Neill's A Moon for the Misbegotten. Oh. And, and I wondered, you know, how did he get onto this project? Did somebody like pitch it to him? Like, like, well, yeah, you're going to be like the leader of this, 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 this community, sort of like our town, except bizarre. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> you know? wearing mime makeup. Yeah. Yes. Imagine, imagine an angry small man with a perfect haircut beating Ray Bradbury with a baseball bat. That's what you got in this. <laughs> Well, you know, again, like you say, here's the thing that's it's really tough is, you know, you'll know, is it's like, how much am I going to make? Christ, <laughs> right. I'm making more in this movie than in two years of doing a Gene O'Neill on Broadway. Right. Yeah, they don't right. have to see Colleen. I don't have to smell Colleen Dewhurst's breath. I'm in. You know? <laughs> call, me, call me in. Where do I sign? I think so. I think those practical yeah. things about Hollywood, you can knock this shit out. This is yeah. the kind of stuff he yeah, did in his sleep. Yeah, a gig, right? <laughs> yeah, a gig's a gig. What's my favorite moment in um, Ed Wood is when they've got, you know, this great monologue, this tender monologue with Milo Gosi. Then it cuts to a scene where he's got a giant rubber squid. Right. <laughs> he's sitting in the water and they're hosing him down. And he's like, he's he's being really epic about something. He stops and listens. He just sh- shouts across the field of camera, let's shoot this fucker. <laughs> And you go, yep, that's it. That's the gig. I've got a plastic <laughs> octopus on me. I'm also, you know, and I have two houses in Bel Air. So let's shoot this fucker. 
it's it's a really hard film for me to to look back and really enjoy. I remember even watch. I saw. I actually saw it in a theater. I was. I oh, was when, like when just you saw it when it came out, like in seventy five. Yes, yeah, seventy five. Because I used to come into San Francisco on the weekends to like have a life, you know, when I was stationed oh, right. at Sharp Army Depot, and I went in. And I went, okay, I'll you know, science fiction. We're in and Ray Harryhausen, Harlan Ellison, uh, Harlan Ellison. You know, who had read his stuff, and, and I was just like really kind of like going, he hates Ray Bradbury so much. Why? Because you know. <laughs> It's the falsehood of that town, especially also Kansas, where I'm from. I was like, yeah, Kansas is a stand-in for like a a horrible sort of like nice Midwestern uh, simulcrum, which, you know, hides a horrid thing underneath, which – and being right, from there, I went, right. yep, that's about right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's interesting. If they did a woman and her dog, a girl and her dog, now they could fucking kill it. Oh that would yeah, be great. that would be it. Would be a it would be a whole different movie. I, I would be interested. It'd be interesting, I think, to see the treatise of that and see what they would come up with as far as like the plot line, like the whole thing with the uh, the underground community. Like if if they did that, I mean, you know, it, they could either do that or it would go way out left, like the remake of Total Recall, which was possibly mm-hmm. one of the worst uh, reboots ever in the history of the world. But, I didn't even bother to see that. You know what? I think you should watch it just to sit there and 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 look at the screen in horror at how well they butchered uh, everything. It's, <laughs> Dan, you always say that. <laughs> I, you know, that is true. That is true. I will, you should I will watch it just because it's a train wreck. Yeah, it's know? a train wreck. It's like enjoy the train wreck, people. Enjoy the train wreck. But it, Take notes. But I think I think one of the things about uh, a boy and his dog that was so cool. Um, other than I, I thought the cast was stellar and Jerry, I gotta, I gotta join you on that. But I think the, the guy doing the voice of the dog really stole the show. He, uh, he was the show. Like he was yeah. great. Once more to the breach, dear friend. Yeah, yeah. I would also say that the dog it, himself, what a great acting dog. I know. Oh, yeah. Right. That was, I it mean, was like come amazing. on, having to act with Don Johnson? My God. Yeah. I wonder how many times he bit him off set. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. You know what? Don't you wonder about that with animal handlers? Like, I want to know the behind the scenes story. Like, you know, how, how do you, uh, how do you, <laughs> how do you like wrangle these things? The dog's got to be friendly. I mean, you can't go and get like some sort of feral rabid beast to be your co-star in a film. But, well, usually there's like four or five different dogs. In right. Oh. They, they all have their own specific thing that they do. Like this dog is the limping dog. And this is, dog is the one that could do a quick take to the right or the left on right. command, you know. Oh. But I, I forgot to see if there was more than one dog. No, it was just the one dog. And they, 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 they had the dog's name as the credit. I forget what it was, but yeah. I don't think the show had a, a budget. I don't think it had a budget for multiple Animal actors, like you're saying, like something like Beethoven or or um, Cujo oh, right. had, right. I think, three dogs plus the prosthetic stuff. Um, but I think they had this one really chill, you know, chilled out old dog. Some You get some on the set and they're just adorable because they don't do a lot. And then you can load them. You can just load the shot, you know, and if they, if they, you know, you get the handler off left or right crossing frame behind the camera for it to look like it's looking or it's like scanning something. They're really, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. He was just a really easygoing animal actor and they had a good job with him and maybe, yeah, I hope I just, 
I hope I hope Don didn't treat him badly. That's all. Uh, yeah, right. I hope he I hope he petted him and gave him treats and uh, hung out with the dog. <laughs> now, did you know this is a little bit of uh, of uh, a boy and his dog trivia? James Cagney was actually the first pick for the voice of the dog. Oh wow! All right, and, but but they dropped it because they thought he was going to be too recognizable and therefore being a distraction to the film. But could you imagine what a great yeah, see, you dirty rat bash. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. It would change the whole tune of the film, I think. But All no. right. Now what you're going to do is you're going to eat that girl, see? And yeah. then you're going to get a hold of her, see? And then you're going to eat her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to cook right, <laughs> but we're going to do that. <laughs> but it would have been amazing. That would be like having Cheech Marin, like you said, do the voice of the of the dog. It would be like, wait a minute. That's that's uh, that's Cheech from Cheech and Chong, for God's sake. I mean, this is some low budget. This is a period of time where all these older actors came out of film noir, like Alvy Moore, who like produced this, who was like Green Acres. He was like Hank Kimball, like the country agricultural agent on Green Acres. Right. Really? Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. So he produced this, and these guys are like crossing over to a time where like hippies and, you know, Charles Manson and all that kind of crap's going on, going, what, what, what kind of Hollywood am I in? You know, right. look at Jason Robards, a great, a great age of theater, earlier, the earlier films and stuff. And he's, he's cracking this one. I was like, okay, yeah, it's unusual. It's weird. Why not? I mean, Alvy Moore not only did, let's see, Green Acres, uh, but he did The Witchmaker. And you kind of go with these guys, you know, hey, there's Hank Kimball. Uh, let me get this Ram's blood off me and I'll get up in front of the camera. Okay. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Gee, Mr. Now, Douglas, you want to sacrifice something to the dark god Belial? <laughs> yeah. it, it's he who walks behind the rose uh, from Children of the Corn. Now, exactly. here's here's a funny here's a funny bit of trivia that I saw that I did not know this until I started doing my deep dive on this. Did you know uh, that Ray Manzarek from The Doors yeah. actually did uh, a lot from of music. music from the film? And but here's the best part: they misspelled his name in the credits. <laughs> I think they did it on purpose to get around something. I don't yeah. think so. I mean, it, it's uh, his his last name is spelled M A N Z A R E K, and in the credits, it's spelled M A N Z A R E C. Hmm. So huh. you know, I don't know if they did that so they could cheat him out of his royalty check. I'm not sure. Could be. Could be that. Sorry, there's no Mr. Manzarek with a C here. Uh, we're not paying you. Maybe someone in the acting guild already had the name spelt that way, and so by law they had to change it or something. Oh, uh, who knows? I don't know. That's uh, that doesn't really give any uh, big because this wasn't made for a lot of money, and that's I mean, there's the sets. I gotta say, I I admire the fact. Okay, you guys, I need you to dig in the desert and insert at a forty five degree angle this part of a building. What? Right. Yeah. Right. And then everything else is just filmed in like. <laughs> bunkers and stuff and then when they go underground it's all filmed outside in the dark mm -hmm. right it was exactly. amazing how they did that well i mean i honestly this this movie to me felt very much like um like the precursor uh, although uh, this is where it gets weird it's it was a, a hollywood film it was a budgeted film but yet it had the feel of an independent movie it did yeah mm -hmm. And that's you what know, I thought was, I thought it was brilliant. And at the same time, I'm like, you know what? This is kind of like, it reminds me of, of when, uh, uh, when Tarantino was going through his whole, um, exploitative <laughs> film period where he did like Grindhouse and, uh, the other, the other film that had that seventies 
really right. deep seventies vibe to it. This this movie felt that way to me. I mean, obviously on a on a on a more budgeted uh, feel, but it still had that indie sort of we don't know what we're doing, but we're doing something kind of vibe. Well, the very first part of it to me, and and I didn't notice this until this last time I watched it. It felt like I mean, it really had the feel of a graphics novel. I'm just the way it was. It was you know put together in the in the way the 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 photography and everything it just yeah probably had a really good storyboard to it yeah oh yeah i'm sure it did it had it would have had to have you know the one thing that well that there there were a few things i didn't like but the one thing that i didn't like uh, that i did feel cheated about and even though this was quote unquote seemingly a budget film was the the creatures that that were supposed to come out and get the, them. The howlers. The or howlers. The screamers. Yeah, yeah right. or this, whatever they were. I, first of all, we didn't even see them. Um, You're right. green light, man. Yeah. I felt really cheated. I wanted to see some kind of monstery, gory, zombified right. thing, you know? Right, right. I agree. I agree 100%. I think there was, there was a lost uh, moment there that didn't happen. And it, you know what? It could have been budgetary. It's like, well, we spent all our money on this dog and uh, now we don't have any money, <laughs> any money left to like make monsters. So we uh, we'll just, we'll money just... In the clown white. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's it. I think it's it guys. I think really the budget was really lean on this. And they went, well, you do that. You know, you do a thing like in like a theater department. Going, well, you know, it's really scary if you don't see them. You, you just see the actors react to them. It's a lot of what plays in the audience's mind. Yeah, yeah. That means we have no money. Oh, okay, right. good. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's, I think, I think that's, I, I would bet you dollars to donuts that that's exactly what happened. It's like, I think they, they ran out of money and they're going, where can we cut? Uh, okay, we'll just use the old, uh, uh, you don't see the monster, but you see the reaction thing. It's like, oh, come on. That's like so tired and old. It's like, come on, people, please. You know, it's like, uh, well, we'll, we'll get into this later. But I, uh, before I forget, I wanted to throw out a movie for us to watch next time. I, I think we should watch The Lost Skeleton of Cadabra. Yeah. Oh, wow. Didn't we do that once? I don't think we we may have. I don't know. We talked I don't know about if we did. it, but we didn't. We, didn't, we, we never didn't. did a full review yeah. of it. Okay. I I'm think that's, that is like the epitome of the send up on fifties uh, and sixties B movies. Like I think it's the best thing ever. It's like one of my favorite. There, there's a sequel to that. Yeah, there oh, is. The yeah, Lost we should watch Skeleton. both of them. Wait a minute. What's the, what's the, the, yeah, we should watch them both back to back. I think it's the Lost Skeleton returns again. <laughs> More skeleton than you ever wanted. Exactly. Again. Yeah. You know yeah, the budget that the, that, that film uh, has a hallowed place in our family film uh, oh, watching yeah. experience. We the whole family is just like, oh yeah, let's watch it again. Come on, you know. <laughs> it's, it's a great movie. I mean, honestly, it's one of the. It's uh, to me at least, it's one of the the most well done. Uh, comic send ups of fifties, uh, fifties sci-fi horror films. It was just cheese ball beyond belief. The writing was great. The acting was superb, and I, I, I just think it's a very underrated film. But we'll, well, let's add that. Let's make that our next uh, film for 
uh, either this coming week or the next one. I'm not sure what our schedules are, but yeah, let's add that to the mix. But uh, so Jerry, so did you, did you love the film? Did you hate the film? I still don't feel like I oh, got no, it. I, I, I really, uh, I was, um, I was going into it kind of <sighs> frightened that I was going to hate it this time around, but it, oh. it stood up for me. It was, it was, I I didn't feel any less of it than when I first watched it, and and I and also I think um, the actress who played Quella June did a great job because she was all in, you know, and 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 it was totally believable, and 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 this is not something I would have noticed back when I was fifteen because I was just looking at tits, right? So, <laughs> so she did a good job, and. Um, and the the bizarreness of not not the under the underground part got kind of slow, right, right. But but the way that they were doing their business as a, as a as a um, a society where they didn't really believe in the stuff that they were doing, you know, and they just they just wanted the power, and it, I liked that. Right. Because it was very telling because it also rings very true, you know, that it was weary. It was wearisome to run the town on this level, but this is how it had to be run. Yeah. Right. And then like they were sending people to the farm and you knew exactly what that meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Well, I find it very interesting uh, and, I, and I love it when, um, when movies put a date in the future that sounds like it's so far away and, and then we get there <laughs> and then we get there and it's like, uh, you know what? Uh, like, like 2001 is a perfect thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, this is what it's going to be like in 2001. We get to 2001 and it's like, uh, I was hoarding water because my computer uh, didn't have a, uh, you know, a fourth digit for the, uh, for the date it was going to blow up. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, well, okay. So we blew that one. Well, let's move to 2024 when it's going to be an apocalyptic wasteland again. So cut, cut uh, to, Oh shit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we, remember, 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 uh, what was, uh, what was the big, uh, what did they call it? Oh my gosh. My mind just went blank. Like when they thought all the computers were going to blow up in 2000. Oh, oh that Y2K. was two K. Y two K. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's like Y two K was like the big thing. Oh my God. Now, wouldn't that be funny in 2024? Y two K was retroactive. And it like happens in 2024. <laughs> it's like, it's why it's why, why to, uh, why to two, four. I don't know. It'd be something like that. The only, the only piece of entertainment that's ever escaped that ironic dating is the song in the year 2525. Cause yeah. nobody is going to be around for that shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That, <laughs> that is the smart move. You always put it so far out in the future that, you know, nobody can say, Oh, well, that's not going to happen. Oh, well, I won't be around. So it doesn't matter. Like Russia's twenty one twelve. It's like no one's going to be around there then. So it's like that uh, that society may not exist. We don't. There you go. Twenty one twelve gets away with it too. Yeah. Yeah. You, exactly. or, or you put it a million years ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Thank see, you. See, that's the smart move. Put it in another galaxy. Like that's 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 what you do. It's much like uh, you know when a when a movie franchise jumps the shark and puts whatever it is in space. Like we've talked about that with Leprechaun in space and pinhead in space and jason goes to space and the only i think the only you know what now that i think about this i think the only franchise that hasn't sent uh the lead character into space was uh nightmare on elm street 
or Halloween. Wow. Those are the only two. Oh, I think I think everybody's gone to space. <laughs> I guess they're on Mars colony. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, that's kind of what they did. If you haven't, by the way, if you haven't watched it just for the sheer funness of a uh, horror film that mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't take its franchise uh, so seriously, Jason X. Jason 10 is probably... It's the only film where they go to space where you go, that was pretty damn cool. I I like it. And it's it it makes sense, it works, and it's like it's not just they put them into space because they couldn't think of anything else to do with them. You know, it's 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 a brilliant film. It follows the uh the series of movies so well and it puts them in outer space, which everyone knows is the big shark jump for a mm-hmm. uh, for a franchise. And it works. It's funny. Well, We'll have to add that one to the list because I would love to hear what it, you guys have to say about that. that does it does it work because it's making fun of all the other ones that did it? It it no, it works because it's making fun of itself. It's okay. making fun of it's making fun of the whole Friday the thirteenth franchise. And the fact they put it in space is kind of the uh icing on the cake, plus the characters are the lines are very funny and very witty and it it's not like it's not like um uh what was that series by the 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 Wayne brothers the the scary scary movie series it's mm-hmm. not like that at all this actually tries to be a friday the 13th film that retains the you know here's jason the you know the, the indestructible and it puts it in space in you know a thousand years in the future, a 500 years, I can't remember how many, but it like does the thing we just talked about, Jerry. It's like, it goes five, you know, a, a thousand years ahead of time. So nobody can say, well, that wouldn't work. You know, it's like a cryogenic mm. experiment, uh, gone horribly awry. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, uh, uh, oh, what was it? Um, idiocracy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There you go. There you go, which is another great film, by the way. Which is coming true all too soon. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Except yeah. I'm, just, I'm disappointed every time I go to Starbucks, is all I'm going to say. It's like, I don't, <laughs> it's, like, it's like if I want a latte and uh, a, a, a hand relief, then uh, it's not there. It's not on the menu. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, is, would they call that a Jackachino? I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm hoping. Thank you. Oh, speaking oh, oh, of which, uh, the, uh, um, the, the the whole thing about you know you, in the underground society and a boy with his dog, they they can't even enjoy sex, right? You know, yeah. and yeah. and you know, poor Don Johnson has to be hooked up to this milking <laughs> machine. <laughs> It's like a bad dear play, dear playboy after dark. I'm writing this letter to you. <laughs> I called it the Johnson Jiggler. Uh, you know they did. They they don't. Well, they, I get, they did enjoy sex. There's just no. Pro, there's no procreation. Which in another scenario, people go it'd be in a guy's room going, "This is fantastic." Yeah, <laughs> no responsibilities. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Having having grown up on a dairy, I can tell you that, that the machine they used did not look like it was very pleasurable at all. Not that I've used the other ones for that method, by the way. Just to be clear, oh, I'm just man. saying that it's like it's it's uh, yeah. It it really. I thought it was funny because here's Don Johnson that his whole thing 
for survival, right? Is like food, shelter, and sex. That was that's his whole his whole deal. And he finally finds this place full of women, and he can't really enjoy the sex part. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite scenes. Is when he they they break it to him what they want. And he's like, "Hell, you want me to knock up your women?" Yeah, and he's laughing. He goes, "Okay, light them up." And then that lady just starts laughing. Right. (laughs) That was the single most weirdest part of the whole film for me was that extended laugh of hers. (laughs) Yeah, but it worked because at at first it was like creepy. And then you saw why she was laughing. Like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) She knew what it was about to go into. Right. To me, that's the real Harlan Ellison part of it, too. It's just a nasty surprise. Yeah. Expectations are completely quashed. And you basically, you've been turned into like a a hunky Holstein being whacked off forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like you're kept in a cage. Like, uh, what's his name? What was that? Was that Commander Pike and Star Trek and that little robotic thing that moved him around? That's oh, kind of like, oh, yeah. 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 keep Don Johnson, something like that. Oh, just, uh, I think Harlan Ellison just, you know, I've always enjoyed him so much, but also he's an angry little dude. He's yeah. always been this, yeah. you know, and so I think in a lot of ways it kept true to his vision. It's not a, it's not a very pleasant world, you know, and uh, you know I, I mentioned the plot to Karen. And I go, and then of course after the they leave, they eat her, and she's right. like, so wait, she's just an object. I go, yes, she's just an object all around. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's uh, I don't I don't know if you could make that movie today. I you, don't you can know if, if it was fly. a girl. I exactly. You could swim that would with be it. Okay. <laughs> It's girl empowerment here. We'll That'd be great. Bringing Don Johnson, Johnson into the uh, into the role of the guy who runs the farm. Yeah, oh, that would that would work. See, now that could work. I like I like that idea. I like the idea of the cameos. Uh, he be yeah, Jason it, Robards. That this whole yeah. this whole film was about. To your point, Mike, this whole film was about people not getting what they really want. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and the girl certainly doesn't get it. She wants, you know, she, she wants Don Johnson to to, to kill the um, the leadership, and he he doesn't. Which I, I always found like, why doesn't he just blow them away? You know, he doesn't care. That's very true. Yeah, because that's her flaw. That's why she gets. I think you said it. They said it. That's why she's worth being killed as a as a antagonist because she doesn't want a relationship with him. She lied. She wants power. She wants unmitigated power. And yet, here's a guy who runs around on a post apocalyptic world. And if he actually thought about it, he go, "God, you're fucking right. Let's try to do better, or just do better for us." But he doesn't. He just wants to get back up on the surface where you're eating, you know, post dated nuclear pork and beans. Right. Yeah. And, and, and searching for over the hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Searching for over the hill is a sort of a. I remember I got the comic book of it that was drawn by Richard Corbin. Oh, and it, how was it? It was Ooh. good because it's Richard Corbin. Um, he's a comic book artist I've always adored. I interviewed him when I was a kid. Ooh. Because um, he lived in Kansas City along with a guy that drew Broomhilda. And um, <laughs> yeah, and Hager the Horrible. They. Um, they all lived in Kansas City, and uh, when I was a nerd, I, 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 our high school magazine, we found out who where they lived, and we went and interviewed both of them. And they're all cool, but uh, but uh, he's he's such a masterful artist at drawing women. Frankly, you yes, know, Corbin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that was the kind of stuff when I was nineteen or twenty. Going, I just have to take this comic book in the bathroom again, Mom. 
<laughs> Land sakes, that boy's in there. He never did that with Richie Rich. <laughs> well, now, let now me, that let would me, be a problem. <laughs> now let me let me uh, throw out uh, this. I'm just throwing this out there for the sake of conversation. Yes. A boy and his dog comes out in 1975. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The son of Sam murders started in 1976 with a guy talking to a dog. Oh fuck me! Wow. Any what? What oh. are the uh, what are the uh, uh, possible par- possible parallels, ladies and gentlemen? Discuss. You just blew my mind, man. Yeah, man. I'm <laughs> I'm picking up chunks now. Wow. I, 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 it's like I didn't even think about that because I'm going. Oh, it's a great idea, right? Having a tele- telekinetic dog or tele- not telekinetic or telepathic dog that can talk to you. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. What did, wasn't that some sound like he was the guy that said that there was this demon to that dog that was like talking to him and stuff. Right, I mean, right. So I don't know. Maybe he got inspired by this film and like made, you know, uh, made up the fact that there was a dog talking. To no, him. totally. And that's, that's the seventies of New York when you could go down in the seediest part of that, you know, and hang out. You know, and see low low rate stuff like that, man. And if he was off his meds or if he was cycling heavily, and he watched that, why not? Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's like it. it you know, you figure uh, the dog tells you what to do. It's a good alibi. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or you go the other way and say the demon got the idea from the movie and decided oh, to go, start right? contacting him. <laughs> you know, I can imagine. I can imagine a, dog. a demon walking around New York going, what am I going to do today? I'm going to go watch a film with Don Johnson in it. How bad, would you, how bad is your demon day when you have to go watch a Don Johnson film? Oh, oh exactly. What should oh, I do, my dark are, lord? You must watch a Don Johnson oh, retrospective. Oh, no. I've already seen Jaws. I've already done that. It's like there's nothing to see. All right. Uh, see. Boy and his dog. I must find a supernatural form to infest this young man's mind. Hmm. Ghost and Mrs. Muir. No, not quite. Um, <laughs> no. Bewitched. No, too now, cute. Now, now, by the way, Jerry, you might want to put this in the show notes. Uh, there is a very funny. Do you guys remember the, uh, it, I don't, it was, was it Claymation? It might've been Claymation. Davy and Goliath. Yes. yes. All right. Do you know they did a parody of that on the Son of Sam thing? Oh no! Where Davy, like Davy, is like Goliath's telling him, "Go kill them, Davy!" Like it's really, it, it, no. it, it is absolutely, oh. it, it is horrible, but it's the most wonderful thing ever. So you, you look for Davy and Goliath, son of Sam. Okay, it's like one of uh, one of the funniest things. I used to love that opening music. It was some little like Lutheran hymn. It was designed. I mean, they were. It was. It was. Uh, it, it was a Christian based yeah. uh, cartoon to teach, you know, m- morality lessons to kids. You know, yeah, they, like goofus, goofus and gallant and highlights for children, right? Right. right. Yeah, they, they played it on Sunday mornings, if I recall. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you guys ever remember Chick Publications? Oh, the Chick Tracks. Dude. The Chick Tracks, yeah. Oh, those were the best. I still I used to collect them. I have I have like a bunch of old ones. From like Stockton when we lived in Stockton. Yeah, absolutely. Those were the big thing to uh, like. You would find them in phone booths, in restaurants, <laughs> exactly. on the table, on the ground, on your car, and be. And they always had the same thing. If you died tomorrow, where would you go? And like they had <laughs> this horrible vision of hell, and the demons were really cartoony and laughing. And 
I, I, I just remember reading them. And the first time I read them, I was like, oh, my God, this is like really scary. And then I'm like, wait a minute. This is like cheesy beyond belief. And then like the, the, the woman taking LSD, her face melting in the mirror. So she kills herself. Like uh, there's just so many weird uh, things. And then Chick, the Chick, I believe his name's Jack Chick, if I'm uh-huh. not mistaken, uh, what kind of went off the deep end a little bit and like started getting into the whole um, uh, the Catholic church conspiracy stuff and started incorporating that. And that's when they, they finally, you know, started. Uh, okay. Pal. Out. Yeah. we can. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for playing. We, but we would like you to be a writer on Davy and Goliath. If you want to jump. Oh, in. this is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Can I have my own colored pencils? Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> but those were, the, I think the guy was in Southern California, like, was, like was Costa Mesa or something. Literally, it was like around your neighborhood. Let me let me let me take a look while, while we're talking about Jack. Jack. Now, <laughs> you go, go look in the phone book. Exactly. <laughs> let me get the phone book out the yellow pages. I can't lick my fingers because of COVID. That's like Dan, Dan goes back in time to a phone booth in 1975 <laughs> <laughs> outside of Upland. Oh, hey, wow! There's a lot of Vietnamese massage parlors. Shit. Oh, look at this. Okay, here you go. Uh, actually, uh, born 1924 in Boyle Heights. Whoa! And died in Alhambra. There you go. Yeah. So he, he did uh, all the categories of tracks, and they're 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 pretty brilliant, actually. I mean, they were definitely really cool. And I mean, you know, I appreciate the guy's heart and what he was trying to do. And at the same time, it's like you know, it's the 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 the. The way he drew, I thought, was really great. I, I love the simplicity of the drawings, and yet the all the emotions that were uh, conveyed throughout those. I thought. They were I always like the liberals or like the teachers or like Jewish with bowl haircuts and goatees yeah. and yeah, glasses, exactly. and they're really sneery and intellectual. And it's sort yeah. of like the sort of really lovely California anti-Semitic way. <laughs> like yeah. Going, what is going on here, man? You yeah. Know? If you go, if you go, to chick. Chick.com, which actually sounds like a porn site. <laughs> Some disappointed guys doing that sometimes. Yeah, can you imagine that search engine like thing? Good Lord, it, it, it sets off net nanny. It's just a horror. <laughs> um, there, but check that out and look at those. They're, they're all there for you to see. You can look at the uh, uh, the the thing it's it's actually pretty it's it's pretty good they're 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 fun i remember like you said mike i actually i remember collecting them and reading them and i thought they were they were awesome and yeah i probably have some tucked away in a box in the garage somewhere next to early copies of we magazine (laughs) and cavalier no i only got it for the von baudet drawings really that's all There is no Lion Playboy, but there is in we. So, <laughs> but um, well, oh, uh, Pat, do you have any uh, any closing thoughts on a boy and his dog? Closing thoughts on a boy and his dog. Um, would you no. recommend it? And how many how many Siler stars would you? Um. So I, I would recommend it uh, with the caveat that you should understand going in that. Um, uh, women are not treated very well in this film. <laughs> um, well, and, no. it's, it's a very, it's very misogynistic. I mean, we can agree on that. And, was- uh, you know, so, so, and that it was made in, it, it was definitely a film of its time. Um, and, but the, um, 
Yeah, uh, uh, the 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 plot machinations for it were interesting for me, um, and so I give it a thumbs up. I I, I do. So yeah, right on, man. Yeah, that's you know, very well sure. considered. Silas, the Silas Cinema family is a fascinating unit to begin with. I think. Hey, yeah, I love I love your 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 guys' movie speaking reviews. Speaking really of which, speaking of which, the Ooh. next uh, it, it, it will be posted today. But I wanted to bring this up with you guys. I heavily, strongly recommend um, yes. watching. The Hulu uh, short series Sasquatch. What? Oh, it is. Oh. It, it, there are only three episodes. It's three right. one-hour episodes. Michelle and I binged it last night. Wow! Huh. It was. It, it's 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 fascinating. It's it's it deals with Bigfoot. Up in, uh, you know, like Humboldt, Mendocino County, the Pacific, it, Pacific Northwest, Pacific North. Well, specifically there, and and you know the cannabis farming. Oh, and nice. I'll just leave it at that. And nice. it, oh. it, it will suck you in, man. It's big. Bigfoot's <laughs> a cannabis farmer. Exactly. Yo, dude, toast that. Put that downwind, man. That shit stinks. Yeah. I didn't love it yet. It is. It, it's fascinating. We we were we were sucked in, and we'll, you know, all of a sudden, it's you know twelve thirty at night. We go, oh, I guess we better go to bed now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. I'm, praise. I'm, I am down for that. That's actually, I think, because here's the thing. there Honestly, there hasn't been a really good Bigfoot movie because the, it's so... It's, Harry and the Hendersons. Let me, let me just say... Well, let, me, right, let me go back and say there has not been a good Bigfoot movie made, even including Harry and the Hendersons, <laughs> which was funny. But uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek, possibly the best uh, of the yeah. Bigfoot horror genre, but that's even still horrible. Yeah. Now this 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 takes uh, several twisty turns. And I'll just oh, leave right. it at that. I don't want to. But but yeah, okay. it's it's very. Wasn't that a song? Uh, wasn't that a song by the Tube Sasquatch on Dope? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm almost positive it was, unless my movie uh, Sasquatch uh, movie on Dope. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Sasquatch on Dope. Because <laughs> uh, don't you think, in all honesty, that every Sasquatch is going to sound like Chewbacca? That's yeah, what I think, exactly. That's what I think of. Every single time I see like an illustration of a Sasquatch, I go, all he's missing is that bandolero with the whatever those metal cubes are on there. I don't know if it's like bullion cubes or if they're like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> energy it's packs like, for the I, it's like It's got to be energy pack for something. But uh, yeah, I, I've just never seen a really good Bigfoot film. And and let me uh, throw this caveat in. Well, not really a caveat, but more of a statement. A statement caveat. Uh, <laughs> that the Sci-Fi Channel has never done a Bigfoot film that I know of. I'd have to check. I don't know. Because they've done everything else. I mean, they did Ice Spiders. Obviously, Sharknado's a big one. Uh, they've done all these really ridiculous films. And yet, they've never uh, ventured into the... Uh, the the Squatch realm. Now, if Hitchcock was alive today, I'm sure he would do uh, Pacific North by Northwest, 
and have it about Bigfoot. <laughs> right. <laughs> which, which would be which would be a, a really great film, I think. It would, I would love to have seen what Hitchcock could do today. I don't know if he'd go into the horror genre like as deep as uh, some of them have, but it's a thought. Now, now you got me stunned. I'm just trying to imagine <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Stewart going north by northwest. Exactly. Like exactly. Well, you're you're a very good student, aren't you? It's <laughs> like you know. Every time I try this, uh, another side note. Every time I try to do either Richard Nixon or, or Jimmy Stewart or pretty much anybody, it always ends up sounding like Jimmy Stewart. Oh, do Richard <laughs> Nixon? Oh, Bob. Oh, I, 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 I did not have sex with that with that woman, Monica Lewinsky. It was a rabbit. I swear. I don't know what. So, God. so it's like I can, I can never do. I can't. I can't do imitations worth crap. But I can. I can do Jimmy Stewart. Every any imitation I do, it's going to be Jimmy. Jimmy Stewart. Stewart. It turns into it. that's that's a perfect act. I think so. I think yeah. that would be that'd be a great stand-up thing. I, I do imitations. Sure. What do you got? You do anybody well, named Stewart? Kirsten Stewart, John Stewart, Jimmy John Stewart, Stewart. Exactly. <laughs> the Stewart Kings, Stewart Granger, yes, exactly. Stuart yeah. Granger, thank you. Stewart Copeland from the Police. Stuart I can Little. do that. Sure. Why not? Stewart Little, Jimmy Stewart Little. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm just I'm just a small mouse. Oh, well, all right. I, I'm a mouse. I can't get off this motorcycle. It's, it's, I, it's like. I want to get off. I can't get my foot down on the brake. It's killing me up here. But I, I think I. <laughs> wow, we went down a rabbit hole. Just a down mouse the, hole. A mouse hole. Thank you. All right. So now we know we've got four films that we have to do a Kickstarter program for. We have to do uh, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart Little. We have to do Pacific North by Northwest. And we, we have to do the uh, sequel to a, a Boy and His Dog, A Girl and His Dog. I think that that, uh, well, we pretty much tied up the rest of our lives as far as bad <laughs> ideas. So, Guys, uh, thank so, you for inviting me to your, your sick clubhouse again. Oh, <laughs> dude, let me tell you, you are, you are more than welcome. You're no, you're no longer a guest. You're family. Okay, I'll pick up the dishes. <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> And so we're going to do The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera and The Lost Skeleton Returns Again. <laughs> which is a great, which is the funniest damn uh, thing ever. Oh, si another, sorry, uh, squirrel side note. Okay. If, if you haven't watched the Creepshow series on Shudder, you are missing out. They're doing, it's an anthology thing and it has that vibe of like, you know, the Stephen King one that they uh -huh. did the first one. The second one wasn't so good, but this series, Greg Nicotero from the uh, the makeup guy and director from The Walking Dead does a lot of uh, stuff in this, and it is actually funny and fun and Twilight Zone-ish and horror. It's really, really good. I would highly... And no. we <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you paused or something. Hold on. There we there go. go. Oh, there there we is. go. Sorry, <laughs> my stupid phone. It like it like wants to sleep, even though I I have it on a no sleep option. It still likes to shut down. It's saying, "Oh, stop, you don't tell me what to do." Stop torturing that phone. I know, right? It's a pixel. It's so, like, it's like you, oh, it's a bitch. You, then. Okay, it is. I'm trying to make I'm trying to make the phone my subservient slave and saying, "Nope, I'll show you who's boss, pal." 
So, uh, so Jerry, please give the audience uh, how they can reach us. How they uh, don't give out our addresses because I really don't oh, want to show up that on all, my door. That's all pre-recorded. Remember, oh, is it? Oh, all I have right. to do is push a button. Oh, all right. So, well, I, I, well, I was trying to give you an intro to the outro. Okay. Well, uh, we could just say goodbye, and then it wasn't that a Led Zeppelin. Was that a Led Zeppelin song in through the outro? I don't know. The bombs are done, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Remember to watch for little Jimmy Stewart coming soon on Nickelodeon. (laughs) I'm down here. I'm (laughs) Rob. Yeah, (laughs) Jimmy or no, Jimmy Stewart, little, not little Jimmy Stewart. (laughs) That would be an even better show. It's like Young Sheldon on TV. Uh, Mom, I want to go to the grocery store. Jimmy, you get back upstairs to your home. Oh, Mom, you pissed me off again. (laughs) (laughs) I think think this has legs. I think we should do a pitch meeting. Get with my people. (laughs) All righty. Well, here we go. And remember, don't hang up. (laughs) Yeah, don't... Don't, don't hang up your phones, people, because we're uploading files. And, and <laughs> mine's like a giant rabbit. It's huge. It's gargantuan. And I sound like Richard Nixon at the same time. <laughs> I, I'm not a crook, I, I, but I see rabbits. And I don't know. Thank you for joining us here on the newly resurrected Zombie Beach Podcast. Remember, you can send us feedback via our website, either at .zom.com or zombiebeachpodcast.com. They both go to the same place. Just look for the button that says Message. Push it. Record. We get it. It's that easy. And please, don't forget to give us a review on the podcast platform of your choice. Really, it helps us a lot, and it encourages us to keep going. Thank you. And take care. That's uh, that's my a German brother, your fielder mouse. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would that's a horrible horror tone. A rat caught in a sticky trap next to its brother, who's been dead for a week. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's sort of the uh, rodent version of Saw. Was like a ten year old kid going, You can get out of it if you finish this puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who moved the cheese? I can't seem to find it. It's like, I don't know how to get out of the trap. It's horrible. Hey, Jerry here. Since we don't have an official sponsor for this episode, I thought I'd throw this in instead. But first, let me set the appropriate mood. It was a dark and stormy night. And there I was, up in a treehouse, banging away at an old manual typewriter. Do you have any idea how hard it is to type on a manual typewriter up in a tree while it's raining? Oh, and did I mention the lightning? But there I was, typing away, while ravens circled around in the air, swooping down through the torrent and trying to snatch the wet pages right out of the typewriter. But I wouldn't let them. I fought them off. Get away from me, you bloody birds! Why? Because it was important, I had a story to tell. And while the typewriter didn't survive, the stories did. And you can read them in the safe, tranquil, storm-free dryness of your giant mansion. On either a Kindle, a Kindle app on the device of your choice, 
or from the words imprinted on the remains of a long dead tree. Don't worry, the tree didn't feel any pain, as far as we know. The one I'm going to recommend to you, mainly because it has absinthe in it, is the novel All You See Is Light. There's three others in the series, and there's also a book of short stories. And if you're into true stories, there's one called All This in a Bucket of Toads. That one also has Dan in it. Yeah, I dug up a lot of dirt in that one. And toads. Don't worry, it won't give you warts, but you can find all of these on my personal website, cherryjdavis.com books. I'm sure you'll enjoy them. If you don't, they make perfect re-gifts, saving you money, and you can claim you know me. I'll vouch for you totally. And if you're just not into books, and you don't like to read, you can still pretend you do and go and give my books a good review on Amazon. Hey, there's as much karma in that as there is in just reading the book. It's a win-win. Meanwhile, I'll be up here in this tree writing the next book while I drink absinthe. Curse you, Alfred Hitchcock!